This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 107. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Mike Demo. A former Mouse Planet, Mouse Station podcast co-host, Mike Demo is a lover of open source first, specific tools later. Before joining Bold Grid as a community evangelist, Mike spent years in the financial and insurance industries. He believes in sharing his business acumen and marketing insight. He presents regularly on open source topics like WordPress and Joomla, where he was a board member of that project. Welcome, Mike. We're glad to have you here today. My pleasure. Mike, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Yeah, so my name is Mike Demo, and I am an open source evangelist. So I travel around the world, and I get to go to things like WordCamps and hosting conferences and just connect with the community. Um, I've been in banking websites ever since uh, middle school. I used to code uh, my, all my papers in HTML, so... <laughs> wow. Let's ask a little bit about the Disney because I can see behind you some some uh, Disney stuff, Disney posters, and it sounds like you were involved in uh, some Disney podcast uh, stuff. So tell us a little bit about your Disney. Yeah, um, I'm a huge Disney fanatic, probably more so than um, most anyone else in the WordPress community, and I am including Roy in that. Um, my wife and I live in Minnesota, but we have annual passes to both Disney World and Disneyland. We go about once a month. I used to work for the company. Uh, I, I learned a lot. I ended up becoming friends with, and get to know some of the executives that are in the company. And then I started a podcast with my uh, really good friend, Mark Goldhaber, who used to write for mouseplanet.com. And we did that for years and years. So if you want to listen to a five straight months of my voice, you can go to mouseplanet.com slash podcast. But I, I still love it. And we go all the time. So. Wow. What's your favorite thing to do at Disney World? At Disney World, it would probably go to the Polynesian Resort to go to Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, which is their kind of hidden away uh, uh, interactive tiki bar. Oh, okay. So you do the you do the adulting stuff. I, I, I do everything. Don't yeah. you know? I also do character breakfast, but uh, the thing that we have to do every time is go to Trader Sam's. So. All right. And do you have a preference of Disneyland over Disney World or vice versa? <laughs> You, you can't really compare the two. Uh, Disneyland's the original. It's small. It's intimate. But there's something special there because Walt, you know, that was the park that Walt actually saw in operation. The best analogy I've ever heard between Disneyland and Disney World is Disneyland is like the Museum of Natural History. You can do it in a day or two. It has lots of classic things to see, and it's something that's worth going to, where Disney World is like the Smithsonian, where you could spend a week but not even scratch the surface. All right. That's helpful. That's helpful. So to clarify, land in California, world in Florida? Correct. If you're talking about the yeah. U.S. domestic parks, um, some of them still have the, uh, the international parks a lot, still use the land um, for the rest of those, but yeah. Yeah, I think people get them confused. I've only ever been to Disney World, and uh, 
not that often, but yeah, it always amazes has, me how well run it is and how just they just seem to plan for everything. It, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of contingencies. They're all about the guest experience and the fact they don't, you know, they don't call customers, but they call them guests, you know, just really changes the mindset. And I really kind of uh, latch onto that. In fact, my wife and I were just at Disneyland a few weeks ago to see the new Star Wars land that just opened up. So. Do you, I, I think I've heard of this before or read it somewhere that the sort of translating that philosophy that they have to other parts of life and other businesses, this whole idea of guests and, and planning for everything. Have you uh, seen that applied in your business life? Yes. Uh, there's actually two books I really recommend on this topic. One of them is called Be Our Guest which is published by the Disney Institute. Um, Disney actually has a professional development um, arm that you can you know, go to classes and things for, and they travel around um, and they have conferences. And then the other one is called uh, Career, uh, it's called, uh, I think it's called Creating Magic, and that's by Lee Cockrell. And he's the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World. When I was an intern, I sent him an email saying, hey, I would love to have lunch with you. And they replied back, sure. And there's 55,000 cast members at Disney World. So the fact I went from intern to the executive vice president ruffled a few feathers, but I got to know Lee and him and I still communicate to this day, even though he's in retirement. But it's all about, you know, how do you make the guest experience better? And how do you try to deal with every contingency a good example of that is actually the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just opened in Disneyland. So um, Pandora, when the Pandora Land opened at Disney World, the wait to get into the land when it first opened was like seven hours to even get into the land to get into line for the rides. So a lot of people complained about that. But it has business effects, too, because if you're in line, what are you not doing? You're not shopping. You're not eating. You're not spending that money, which Disney loves to get. Um Full disclosure, I also am a shareholder so, <laughs> um, of the company. But so for the new Star Wars land, they're like, well, Star Wars is bigger than Avatar. What are we going to do? So now you grab your phone and you can get into a board. You get a boarding pass. And then you can experience the rest of the resort, not stand in line, and your phone will buzz when it's your time to enter the land. But what are you doing during that time? You are spending money by shopping, dining, and you're having a great experience because you are not in line and you get to go on other rides and things like that. And it's it, your guest satisfaction goes up and the revenue for the company goes up and it's just a win-win overall. So they always are looking for things like that. And I was lucky to work on a couple of those projects for the resort arm when I was working at the corporate office. Tell me about Lee Cockerell. I stumbled on him as a podcast listener a few years ago. And while I don't listen to his show as often as I did, I really enjoyed hearing him speak, it was very much a, that could be anybody's grandfather there. Hugely <laughs> professionally accomplished, but his, his tone, his demeanor, the choice of words, his intonation struck me as very welcoming and very kind and very down to earth, despite the fact that, you know, he ran an enormously successful and enormous business. Uh, what was that like sitting down with him for the first time? Sit down for the first time was a little scary because I was just an intern, right? But I saw him speak a couple times before then. Uh, and he is just like, he is just like a grandfather. I've been able to interview him in the past um, when we had our podcast. And he's very down to earth. 
he has that very like you know he could be wearing a cowboy hat and he, you know and he looks like that old classic just like um you know teddy bear of a guy but he has so much knowledge he started in marriott at the end to become a gm at marriott and he has some amazing stories went, um, from his time in hospitality there um, he actually was uh, he opened euro disneyland when that first opened and it was a huge failure they were losing about a million euros a day in operations and they had them because they expected like oh the french will want french type food and all of this stuff and everyone was expecting an american experience and so they had to make a lot of changes now it's called disneyland paris etc um but he did so much for the company uh he really cared about cast members uh he really cared about the end frontline employee he would meet with anybody. It wasn't just, oh, I have an open door policy. He would literally meet with anybody. Um, even after I left the company, he stayed in touch with me. He still runs um, consulting, um, like talks and things at, through different um, events. If you get a chance to see him speak, I highly recommend it. He is retired. Um, I was talking to his son, who actually used to be, uh, the, uh, I believe, the president of Magic Kingdom. Now, he's also doing consulting, too, and they kind of have a tag team thing. I was talking to his son last year because we were both speaking at the same conference. He's like, yeah, I walked in, and Dad was taking a nap. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be productive. He's like, but I scheduled it. I scheduled the nap. <laughs> um, and the best thing that Lee's probably known for in the company and for cast members is this time management course. So he actually has made that online. He has a he sells it as a, a time management course, and he has a book called Time Management Magic. And if you, it's the best time management uh, thing I've ever seen. So if you are needing help to manage your time or your calendar, that is probably his best like professional product that I've seen him release. Quite frankly, ooh, shiny object for Tara. Looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, tell me about your your road into open source, and, and particularly, it sounds like you went to Joomla first if you were a board member there. Actually, I went to PHP Nuke first, and that was a funny story. So, started on PHP Nuke, was making websites. I did a couple sites in um, OS Commerce, and then CRE Loaded for the e-commerce side, um, and. I was looking for a new CMS, so I loaded up my host and I loaded up Fantastico, if we remember that, before Softacklist uh, came out. I just started installing CMSs. And then I found this thing called Mambo, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Made some sites in Mambo. This was one month before the fork, and I was not in the community. And then I'm like, this not, thing's not getting a lot of updates. And then I started looking for another CMS, and then I found Joomla, and I'm like, this looks a lot like Mambo. It wasn't until like a year later that I realized it was just the fork when all the developers went off to do Joomla. And that is really my first major uh, open source project that I started getting involved in. I started doing working at an agency, uh, contributing. I ended up on the finance team. And then I was on the Joomla World Conference team, which is their annual conference. I ran Joomla Day Minnesota, which is like a WordCamp, but the Joomla stuff. And that did pretty well. Our second year, we had about you know, 500 tickets sold, and which is not bad. And I ended up uh, becoming the treasurer um, due to, you know, just different uh, circumstances. And I was the treasurer for about a term and a half because um, I joined halfway through one person's term who had to leave early due to personal reasons. And then I had another full term of myself. And uh, I got to see how um, a project like that can work from a governance standpoint. And I just really fell in love with the community. And then I started looking for evangelist jobs 
And when I was working the Joomla booth as a volunteer at HostingCon in New Orleans years ago, I ran into Todd, who uh, owns is a co-owner of Bold Grid, and we knew each other from some other Joomla stuff. And he's like, I got this WordPress thing. Would you consider look, working at WordPress? And I'm like, I said the stereotypical cocky, you know, tribalism. Uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm like, maybe, let me look at it. And I fell in love with Bold Grid, and then that got me to look at WordPress. And now I speak on uh, open source above tribalism because I, I see in every open source community I participate in, WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, et cetera, that there is this weird, my team is better than any other team when really it's not Wic, it's not WordPress versus Joomla versus Drupal versus whatever. It's open source versus proprietary and all these closed source SaaS solutions, and um, the projects aren't fighting. The leadership of the projects aren't fighting. And that's what I think a lot of end users who want to feel like they're part of a winning team forget. And that's something I could give a lot of talks about now. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about Bold Grid. Sure, Bold Grid is a suite of plugins that tries to make your WordPress experience easier. It's uh, about eight different plugins right now. Um, it's all modular, so you can use one or seven or whatever you want to do. Uh, the thing we're probably best known for is our post and page builder. And then we also have something called Bold Grid Inspirations, which is kind of like a wizard experience onboard ramp into WordPress if you've never used it before. Think like that Wix or Weebly, like, click through wizard, we kind of bring that into the WordPress space, but then at the end of the day, it's still WordPress, you can do what you want. We have a backup plugin, which is growing pretty well. Um, we have different things like a gallery, we integrate into stock images inside of your media manager, so you can search for free stock images or paid stock images that are about 70% off retail if you went to that found that same image, like on Shutterstock or something. And we're just trying to help people kind of move um, the bar forward. We have some cloud services, so you can spin up a free sandbox WordPress account, no credit card needed at any time, um, just to test stuff out. Um, you know, So yeah, we're just trying to um, give back to the community and provide different services that people may find useful. Who's the typical client for Bold Grid? It really depends on the product we're talking about. Inspirations, a lot of it's a lot of DIYers, first-time people that haven't um, used WordPress before. But we also have a theme framework, and agencies use that. A lot of agencies like our custom block builders, so they can build their own blocks and share them to their clients. Um, a lot of developers like our backup and uh, backup and uh, um, like quick no you know sandbox so they can test something to see if you know without having to deal with local so um, it's really kind of the whole swath but it really depends on you know what product you're talking about so um, we're best known I think for the DIY market but we really appeal to the whole thing if people kind of look at all of our products and not just think of us as a page builder cool yeah I've seen I've seen uh your team or people, I don't know if I've met you in person, but I've certainly, I think I have a bold grid t-shirt. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm familiar a little bit with what you do. That's, and I imagine with the emphasis on blocks and not to talk about that, it makes a lot more sense to people now too. Um, so thanks for explaining that. I wanna switch over to a question that we ask all of our guests, which is how you define success. And I've loved hearing about your, um, your implementation of some Disney philosophies and the open source thoughts that you have. So that may um, come into play here, but if you can share with us how you define success, that would be great. 
Yeah. So for me, so, you know, it's a, I know it's a candid answer to say, oh, so that you can do what you love every day and all that stuff. But for me, what is kind of hit me like a ton of bricks is when I first started in this open source community, I really had a hard time, you know, just making ends meet at all. Um, and now I have a talk where I lay out all the lessons that I made mistakes on and, it, you know, so that people can hopefully not do that when they freelance. But I, it's to be able to just, you know, for me, it's to be able to go to a Disney park and buy a piece of art that, you know, a year, ten, five years ago, I would never be able to comprehend. And some of this art can be fairly expensive, but to be, you know, we plan for it and we budget for it. But just to have that freedom is really nice and not have it be a big deal. We don't have that money pressure that we did um, maybe five, 10 years ago when we were just living paycheck to paycheck. And oh my God, I got a thousand dollar contract. Oh my, yay, we can pay off some bills now and things like that. So, that's, you know, how it affects me. Um, but like, and also just being able to make a bunch of friendships. I have met so many people in most every major city and not in the world, quite frankly, and being able to connect with those people and hang out with them. And my wife always makes jokes that we hang out with our friends more when we're not in where we live in Minnesota. You know, if we travel to this city or that city, there's always people we are meeting up with, um, but we have no friends locally. You know, so, uh, or the friends we have locally, I never see in Minnesota. I always see them at a word camp or a hosting event or something else in another state or city. So, um, yeah, it's not a firm answer, but that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah, I like that. I think the, the stress and pressure of financial constraints, particularly where bills aren't being paid in a timely fashion, is can't be understated. That's an enormous, enormous stress. And it's, it's difficult to focus on the important things when the rent is due and the refrigerator is empty and something else on the car breaks. So uh, I'm delighted to hear that, that you're in a position where you have the flexibility to enjoy the things that, that make a life more meaningful for you. Let me ask you, does your wife do WordPress? Is she involved in the community? It sounds like she might travel to some of the WordCamps with you. Um, she does do WordPress and Joomla not by choice. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I, I have a few freelance clients that I still have before I took the ball grid job. I haven't added any more or whatever since then. But there are times when, you know, I am in another country and there's something that comes up and I'm like, hey, honey, can you do X, Y, Z? And she knows enough to do basic you know, um, management of all the, of all the sites. And she does, um, you know, I always just say, Hey, um, you're spending the money too. <laughs> so she's really learned, uh, Joomla, not by choice WordPress a little bit, but now she has her own freelance clients, believe it or not. Um, and she's doing WordPress stuff on her own, you know, not at all involved with me or any of my recommendations. And that's exciting. Um, she volunteers at, uh, she used to volunteer at a bunch of Joomla events. Um, she hasn't been to any WordPress things yet, uh, mainly because she prefers to save the miles for a time she can spend time with me. Because um, if it's a WordCamp, that's just not going to happen. Uh, she's going to go to her first WordCamp in Orlando next month, though. We're doing a week vacation in, 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 in California for Disneyland and Universal. And then we're taking a red eye over to Florida for WordCamp Orlando. <laughs> and then if we add a couple of days to go to D Disney World, that may happen. I can't make any promises. 
businesses. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I wanted to ask you another question that we ask everyone, which is about advice. So um, we ask you to share with us a piece of advice that you've implemented in your life and that you'd share with us uh, something that's been important to you. Yeah, so this came from John Rampton. He was rated like one of the top online influencers on the internet by like Time Magazine. He writes for a bunch of big publications. He used to own Host.com. Now he owns Do.com, uh, you know, which is uh, just a payment service. But he told me that he tries to help everybody he comes in contact with as much as possible because he said, I've done the math demo. And these are paraphrased. I don't know the exact numbers. He's like, every 10 people I come in contact with, it's going to equal X number of dollars in my pocket. Every $100 people I help, it's going to equal X dollars. Every 1,000 people I help, it's going to equal X dollars. And the thousands of really, you know, it's like a seven-figure number. And so he doesn't go to like a community event and say, let me tell you about my business and why it's great and why you should buy my stuff. He tries to honestly, generally help people. And I've tried to mimic that as much as I can. For example, I met a speaker um, just this weekend at WordCamp Ottawa. She was her first time speaking at a WordCamp, but she's, uh, she has a lot of just general entrepreneurship topics for people that are just starting out. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing conference for like, for, you know, that, that's all about turning what you love into what you do. And it's in Florida and the call for speakers ends on Monday. You should definitely apply. And then she emailed me on Sunday nights and I applied, hope for the best. And I, you know, I try to connect people as much as I can because most of the time when I go to these events, I'm just trying to figure out how I can help. And it does come back uh, in multiples down the line. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted to ask you, going back to your comment when you were an intern, that you reached out and, um, and asked for this meeting and people were sort of, you know, flabbergasted by that concept. Where did that come from, that sort of chutzpah to reach out to somebody high up when you were an intern? And did you expect a response or were you surprised by that? And is that how you were raised? Where did that come from? Um, I expected a, a response uh, because uh, Lee Cockrell, there was a um, internal career day where you could like to talk to people in different departments because obviously Disney has lots of different moving parts from hospitality to engineering to et cetera, to creative and uh, merchandising and all that. So they had like an inner office career day where you could come and listen to different departments, learn about different roles, uh, maybe sign up for uh, what they call uh, cross you, where you can do a day in someone else's shoes. And Lee gave a talk and he was like, you know, he's like, my email's right there. If you ever wanna, you know, if you ever wanna talk or whatever, I'm here all the time. I'm gonna talk to any cast member. Um, and when he was the executive vice president and Al Weiss was the ex executive president and they both gave a talk, but, um, Lee Cockrell was the only one who like gave him like an active like saying hey you can reach out to me so I did I just shot him an email at his email address he replied with a date and he um and he said uh, I'll make sure and then he replied and I'll make sure your leadership that you have that time off so that's when it when it went down to say hey this cast member needs this time blah 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 um it was a little scary. Like I had like my manager pull me apart and say, why did you reach out to leave? What are we doing? What's wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to get an opportunity to meet him and to talk to him. And 
but because of that, I think I had different opportunities because in my I was at Pop Century in the resort track for interns to begin with. I I was one of like 200 cast members just at the front desk, just the front desk of this resort. Like there's 200 cast members, not the resort, just the front desk. You know, and it went from me being fairly unknown to then me when I applied to be a trainer. I was accepted as a trainer as an intern, which is very rare. Then I ended up to be able to work in the back office as an intern, which was not done before. And then I had an opportunity to go to Team Disney, which as uh, a basic intern, I wasn't a professional intern, um, never was done before. It was me and one other person in uh, our resort. And I just had a lot of good opportunities. And I think because I marked myself, that kind of gave me those opportunities. I don't think it was Lee doing anything. It was just because Lee was meeting with me that people started paying attention and I had great managers as well. And, uh, and because I met with him at that lunch when he went in retirement and I've seen him socially and some other things, um, we've been able to keep that relationship alive. And um, I got to know, I knew him when he was my vice president. And I don't know, I just really have a lot of respect for the man. Yeah, I can tell that shows that shows. So you might have said it and, and it might have been a blip in my in my headset. Did you say that he responded to your email within a day? Yeah, it was like a few hours. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, and that he had the the wherewithal to make sure that you had the time off as well, knowing that as an intern, you probably didn't have a lot of control over your schedule and that he would make sure. But I suppose to give your immediate manager a little bit of understanding, I could totally get that. Hey, the head of the company <laughs> just said, I got to give you Tuesday off. I could see how that would be a little disconcerting. Oh, I mean, yeah. And when, the, when I went into management and stuff too, I mean, I get it. Um, because yeah, 55,000 cast members. And I was at the bottom of that totem pole. <laughs> and when you say cast members, you mean employee, right? You weren't in a costume dressed up as anybody. You just mean anybody on the payroll, right? Is that the way that the Disney that worked, term? Yeah, anyone that works at Disney is a cast member. And at Disney World, um, just at the Disney World location, they have 55,000 cast members just at that location. Disney is the largest single site employer in the U.S. So you did not wear a costume. You, were you ever a character? No, I did wear a costume, but right. you would probably call it a uniform. Okay, so but not as a, not as a character. Mickey's Mickey. Mickey is Mickey. There's only one of them. There's only one that works all the time. Yep. All right. you'll, ne you'll never hear me say otherwise. <laughs> now, I do have lots of friends who are close personal friends with certain characters like Mickey and Tinkerbell, but they yeah. were just close friends. Right. There's only one Mickey. Yes. And Buzz Lightyear. And there's only one of them, the... but there's lots of really close friends with those characters. Yeah. And I've, I'm friends with lots of their close personal friends. Cool. Yeah. Mike, let me ask you, you've been to a lot of WordCamps. What was your experience of your very first WordCamp? And talk about it also in the context. Were you, were you on the clock with Boldgrid by then? Were you just exploring? Talk about that. Uh, I was CMS curious. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I, I've stolen a quote from Jessica Dunbar, the Concrete Five Evangelist, that I'm not married to a CMS. I'm in an open source relationship. And... <laughs> Um, actually, uh, 
Goldgrid sent me as my last step of my interview to a WordCamp Salt Lake City to see if I would, I don't know, like burn when I walk in the door or something and shoot into flames. And so, yeah, I went there, not in Goldgrid wear, but to kind of hang out with the team, see a WordCamp, and, you know, just to kind of get to know people. And I had a great experience in Salt Lake City. Um, but I've also had weird experiences too, where like when, you know, I still have to this day when people heard, when I was, a, when people heard I was a board member, which I'm not anymore, they would come up to me and be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be here or Joomla sucks and all that. I'm like, tools are tools. Don't be one. And that's kind of become my catchphrase. Uh, if you want to use WordPress, it's an amazing CMS. Use WordPress. If you want to, if you want to use Concrete 5 or Papaya or Joomla or Drupal or whatever, that's cool too. I'm just a fan of open source and giving people the freedom and the tools to do what they want. And I love WordPress. It's now my default CMS, but I have a soft spot for kind of how I got here. So, Yeah, I think I'd support that position. And use whatever tool you know and you like and works. If it doesn't work, find a new one. Um, and ultimately, they're, they're all just tools, right? They're hammers, they're screwdrivers, they're, they're wrenches. And if you don't know how to use a monkey wrench, pick up a crescent wrench. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What's your biggest challenge day to day? Uh, um, honestly, probably just logistics. It's really hard to be on the road as much as I am. Um, the top, my biggest travel year, I did 157 days on the road. So, and being able to still, you know, try to connect with the team at the office and all the team that's making our great product. I'm fortunate enough to connect with our users, but there's a whole team behind us that are building it and doing the support and the marketing and everything else. So I would say that's my biggest challenge to try to be connected with the community, but also still trying to connect with the, the wonderful people that make Boldgrid what is Boldgrid. It's, it's not me. It's, I just am lucky enough to talk to people about it. So Let me ask you about that. How do you organize and pass back constructive feedback? You know, things like, hey, team, this is the fourth time in the last six weeks that I've heard X or this is the ninth time that people have praised why. How do, how do you put that in a way so that you're not emailing them at three in the morning, four times a week, uh, that it feeds into a system? What does that look like for you and for your colleagues? It started out just a lot of verbal stuff, but then it was like, I felt like I was campaigning. Like I would talk to person A about issue B, and then I would have to talk to person C about issue B. And it felt like a lot like I was just being politics. And it wasn't like I had to, uh, you know, talk about it while those people, it was just the conversations and talking with the opportunity that I had. We now have a system where um, we have another community manager who does more um, like online stuff. His name's Jesse Owens. Um, I usually talk to him and we have a system where we can record it officially and like make tickets and things. And I am also recording if I'm doing like a user's um, a journey test for somebody, I'll, I'll record the audio and the video of it and then just give that to the appropriate teams. And we have also hired, you know, good UX people. So when people have feedback, I have a little card that I can give them say, great, please fill it out here. That's a special link. It will definitely get the eyes of it. And here's my personal card if you feel like you're not being heard. Um, and then, yeah, there are times that, you know, there might be an urgent issue that I might need to get on Slack. But mostly it's, oh, I didn't know you did this or I thought this was this. And no product's perfect, perfect and we just try to make it better each and every time we do a release. That is awesome. I feel like we could talk about this for a long, yeah. long time. But Mike, we are out of time, I'm afraid. It's, it's flown by between Disney and Joomla and Lee Cockerell and uh, learning about sharing feedback. 
before we say goodbye to you, uh, where can people find you online, please? Um, yeah, on Twitter is probably the best place. I'm at MP Mike, which used to stand for Mouse Planet Mike, but now it's just MP Mike. And I also do a podcast with Bold Grid called Bold Grid Bold Life that you can find wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. Thanks so much for joining us. Really nice to meet you and um, hope to catch you at a WordCamp this year. Likewise, thanks. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.